0: Hi, voice teachers. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music. My special guest today on the Full Voice podcast is Jennifer Smeal. Now, Jennifer is a private music teacher from Brampton, Ontario, and she has a very informative teacher workshop called The Art of Teaching Transfer Students. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with the term, a transfer student is a music student that comes to you with previous lesson experience from another teacher. Sometimes they've had many different teachers. Now, we all know the challenge when getting new students started in our lesson studios. But when a student has had previous lesson experience, well, it can be a big struggle, not only for you, the teacher, but for the student and the family as well. So Jennifer is sharing some of her research and teaching strategies, everything from better screening procedures, improving lesson policies, setting boundaries, and dealing with students who think they are further ahead in their studies than they actually are. Now, Jennifer is a highly accomplished piano teacher and piano examiner with a lifetime of teaching experience. However, this topic is for anyone who teaches privately, regardless of the discipline. And this podcast has some incredible teacher takeaways, and you will definitely have more in your teacher toolbox at the end of this interview. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast. Resources for private, Classroom and choral music programs. And here's your host, Nikki Loney. I am with Jennifer Smeal today. Thank you, Jennifer, for uh, welcoming into your home. Um, We're in Brampton, Mm -hmm. Ontario. Thank you so much. Beautiful teaching studio here. Gorgeous space. You can tell you have lots of kids. Mm -hmm. Lots of kids coming through here. So today's podcast, today's interview is about your workshop, The Art of Teaching Transfer Students. But before we dig into that, Mm -hmm. I'd really love for you to just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your teaching experience. And then we can move into how you came up with this really fantastic topic. Okay.
1: Okay, let me sing. Thank you. I think I'll tell you what's kind of unique about me as a piano teacher. Um, first of all, I started teaching when I was about 15. Wow. I was in grade 9 piano and I taught in my mom's home and we had 11 kids. Oh my god. I'm the oldest. <laughs> so in a semi here in Brampton. So that's where it all began. <laughs> so, and, um, and I've been pretty well teaching pretty consistently since then. Um, one th- another funny thing about me is that I didn't like classical music when I was a student. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm naturally I'm more inclined toward pop, jazz, Latin, that kind of stuff. So I've played in bands a lot as well nice. so I consider myself a hybrid musician because I got the classical and the uh, whatever contemporary whatever you want to call those styles uh, rhythm. Um, another thing about me is I think I'm a bit of a, a late bloomer in the sense that I did I've always wanted to do my masters but I didn't do it until 10 years after undergrad. Oh, so, oh nice. Mm-hmm. So I did my undergrad at Western in music, music ed, Tried, uh, applied for teachers' college, college twice, accepted twice, turned it down twice. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> decided that wasn't for me. Piano teaching was always calling me. Your passion. It's, it's my thing. And, uh, but I, I really wanted to go further. I wanted to be an examiner. I wanted to be an adjudicator. I wanted to be a workshop clinician. I had this vision ever since undergrad, and I would look at the master's programs in the States and pedagogy, and it was just so intimidating, you know, and I also didn't have the confidence. I kind of had, um, pegged myself as a, a teacher and not a performer. So I didn't think I would have the skills. And then I had the courage to decide to go back, uh, start studying again, and do my ARCT performers exam with um, Jen Nelman here in Brampton. And I did really well. I got 89%. I was like, oh nice. my goodness, maybe I can perform. <laughs> did that give you a boost oh, of your confidence? Absolutely. Oh. And so from there, I thought, well... Uh, and then, uh, then serendipitously, it's a long story, but it's an amazing story, how I ended up at the pedagogy program at UT with Midori Koka. Wow. And um, she basically took me under wings. She gave me free lessons to prepare for the audition. I, and it happened through Ann Crosby, believe it or not, the, wow. the, the composer from wow. Halifax. I met her at a luncheon. She emailed me and said, I heard there's a new program starting up at U of T. get in touch with Midori, who I studied with, and I ended up... Doing my master's in pedagogy and performance, which boy was a whole other level of <laughs> performing. I had to do two one and a half hour recitals, one wow. each year. So it was, and I taught still at home here as well. So. So you were trying, driving driving from Brandon to Toronto, and ben, oh wow. Yeah, so that's and that was I graduated in I think uh, two thousand and eight. So that was the best decision for my career you could say because mm. um then i was accepted as an examiner and then you know things just, just opened fell into up place from there. yeah and so so what yeah. would you
0: say to, to anybody that's hesitating right now to continue their education oh
1: absolutely go for it right don't, like you know don't I'm, I'm a huge believer in following your dreams and mm. just going for it and and i had i my i think my biggest block was this idea that if i can't already do something i shouldn't study it you know it's Mm. like i already have to be this level of performer to be uh, get my master's but the idea is being willing to let yourself learn be a beginner yeah do you think it's hard for teachers to go back and be students absolutely i i I tell many people i relearned to play the piano in my master's program um is really into the body and Mm. so um my first year project was on injury prevention so i learned all about Dorothy Taubman and Alexander mm. Technique and um, Feldenkrais. Mm-hmm. And so I learned so much that I still use, that I I mean, I'm really into toad now and the how of playing mm. piano, which before, nobody really mm. had taught me that. It's right. just like, I just do the best I can and hope I can get there. And Midori really helps me. Um, yeah, I became a much better piano player. And then, of course, my students have, have benefited as well. So yeah, definitely... Don't hesitate to keep that's learning going. and growing, no. and I'm still I'm still like that. That's my actually that's something I wrote down. I'm a learner. I I go to workshops all the time. I never stop. Right. Um, learning. I call it any PD, never-ending professional never ending, development. No. <laughs> and I guess a, a couple more things just quickly about myself that I think are unique is that I'm very much into dance. I'm studying Delcros. Mm. I'm going to a workshop in um, a one-week uh, teaching in Boston this summer. Nice. Love Delcros. I think it's the missing piece, and that's a whole other topic <laughs> in <laughs> piano te- in music lessons. Uh, wow. So I actually study ballroom dancing as well, and I'm into improv. Mm. I love improv. Absolutely, I, I get my students to do, and um, a mindfulness. I, I took a a week long meditative mm-hmm. performance week in with Madeline Bruiser in New York, uh, from New York, and and that was last summer, and that was life changing as well. Learning how to Overcome all that negative thinking and stuff. Oh, that's brilliant! We did a we did a podcast with uh, with uh, my yoga
0: and meditation mm. teacher about mindfulness in the teaching studio. Absolutely, and there's yes. so much out there that can really help. Yeah, and all I do yoga us. a regular. Yeah, too, so brilliant. That's a big part ah, of that's
1: life. why we get along. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so I'm like, those are kind of, and I guess there's one more area I'm very fascinated in. And it is therapeutic music? I play at nursing homes mm, as well. Nice. So, hmm. so those are kind of my. Specific niches you could Brilliant. Say, things I got into. <laughs> what, a, what an
0: amazing story! I love this. One of the things I love about doing podcasts is I get to learn about you know how teachers became teachers, mm-hmm. and and there's and there our roads are so different, right? Oh, I know. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Now tell us how how did you develop this workshop?
1: Well, my second project, my second year of my master's, uh, I decided to research why students drop out of piano. Um, lessons specific or music lessons, and I call it "Rescue 911: Lowering <laughs> no, Your Piano Student Dropout Rate." <laughs> that was my title. I thought it was so clever. <laughs> 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 I know. So I, um, I had five chapters, and I guess it it evolved because in studying the topic of why people drop out, this became a big topic. It's like, oh, oh. because this issue with transfer students, and I got really into this topic. So I did uh, I did research on it. And um, uh, the one thing that was very unique about this particular research project was that Midori again, I have to give her credit. She she allowed me to my methodology wasn't traditional. She actually allowed me to go back in my life and write do reflective research on my own teaching and what basically what I did right and what I did wrong. So that's brilliant. It was. It was it's a it's a totally different kind of writing. It's uh, like journalistic, journal, like, you know, um, reflective writing. And I discovered that's the kind of writing actually really works for me. I actually journal a lot too. So, um, and Midori was so encouraging about the, the results that came from this. So I took that, and that's also included in my workshop, where I actually take story. It's actually like a story. I say, wow. here's the story. Here's of this student that came into my life in the past, and... Um, Usual, and usually they were transfer students right here's what went wrong here's what I do differently today <laughs> nice. yeah learning so, from your mistakes. oh yeah <laughs> absolutely so so that's kind of um, how I mean I've always wanted to give workshops so that also of course contribute to this and I actually took then this topic from my research overall research project Turned it into a workshop. Gave it at U of T. That was one of the things we were supposed to do: is create a workshop at the end of our masters. Oh, wonderful! Yes. So I had. So it all you presented created. it at the university. Uh huh. Nice. And the Midori again, um, said, "Why don't you come and give this to the undergrad students?" Oh no, Perfect. sorry, I did it to the undergrad, but I also gave it to the grad students because. They didn't have I call it experience in the trenches in the real world, <laughs> right? Yeah, and they don't I, have it yet. And I was a I was a mature senior student who'd been teaching for a long time mm-hmm. and knew all the mistakes. So I got great joy out of um, mentoring and passing on. Don't do this. Do you know? Here's the pitfalls and and so originally my workshop was much more broad. It was like here's how to become a successful piano teacher. Here you go, guys. Take all this. Whatever you want to work with. But then it, it became the transfer student workshop. Right. From there, I, st- I had the courage finally to give it up my my studio here one summer, a couple of years right. ago. Right, which is a
0: beautiful... I know this is a podcast, but <laughs> I am sitting in one of the most beautiful home teaching studios I've ever seen. The windows are awesome. Thank How you. old is this house? 1875. 1875. <laughs> there's stained glass windows. There's a beautiful baby grand in the corner. There's an upright. There's. It's just... So lovely in here. Thank like I'm you. seriously
1: jealous of <laughs> you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So you gave the workshop I here in your here home, and and I was, you know, I always had this attitude: who am I to teach, you know, offer this to my peers? whatever and I was really, you know, but, and it turned out a lot of them were new teachers that came that mm. time. So I got so much positive feedback, and even from those who had been teaching for a long time. And then I got on the Orm to Clinician list, and then I did it for Etobicoke last year, and now I'm doing it for you guys. Anyway. Yeah, so
0: we have you coming to the
1: Hamilton-Halton branch. I'm uh-huh. really looking
0: forward to... I, Because your workshop is, like, very intense. We're uh-huh. just touching... We're just scratching the, the, the surface here and yeah. just just wetting people's appetite. Uh-huh. Um, so first of all, transfer students. Let's define that, just in uh-huh. case somebody's not sure. So transfer student is somebody that has lesson experience but they worked with another teacher.
1: Or they could have been coming from um, group lessons. Group as well. lessons. That's oh common, perfect. Right, yeah. So
0: so the transfer from that environment into the private lesson.
1: Right. Okay. And they can be anywhere from a year with another teacher right. or ten years with another teacher. Right. It makes a big difference.
0: Oh, big time. <laughs> what or they could oh, have yeah. had many teachers. Uh-huh. Along That's the way. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> very much so, right. So, mm-hmm. why, why are transfer students so difficult? What, what's the problem?
1: Oh. The problems. <laughs> that's a big question, right? Well, first of all, think about the analogy of the substitute teacher coming Ooh. into, or anybody co- um, taking over from a position from somebody else. So, you have two scenarios you could be dealing with someone who was absolutely in love with their last teacher and right. you can't possibly live up to filling their shoes so that mm. can be a problem right <laughs> you get that even in church church oh, musicians and, or even classroom, classroom teachers, teachers, teachers all the right? time yeah. right it's like oh my goodness how am I going to win them over so there's a lot of skepticism and sometimes the child didn't want to leave their their old teacher oh, you know right. what I mean it was the it was the parents decision or whatever things happened the teacher moved away um very often the challenge is that the student thinks they're in a level that they're not. And I think that's kind of obvious. But that, so, um, so there's a delicate, delicate psychological balance you have to work with, you have to encourage, and you have to fix at the same time. Mm. And what I dive into a lot in the workshop is you have to do it without them knowing. That's key. <laughs> right. It's like you're tricking them. Mm, really. there's some deception there, yes there is, yeah. you, you do not have to divulge your horror or shock <laughs> that. you know what I mean, you don't have to tell them um, you know what you know. even in the initial, you know, it's hard sometimes, you have to really, you have to develop a, a lot of tact you cannot ever this comes up in the workshop, put down their old teacher, you oh, have to be no. very careful not to do that, um, that creates mistrust, it's just not professional to do that so there's all kinds of little um, phrases and suggestions like I, I, uh, ways to communicate right your concern or not even your concern but your plan going forward <laughs> so mm. you want to tell the truth but you want to keep the morale going up so it's mm. I'm sure it's a very it's a much like pa- parenting as, as well right mm. like there's you, you, you always are trying to find how can I keep this your ultimate goal is to keep them progressing keep them motivated but you also have this other goal. you want them to become as good as they could become. And you want that you do you want to be satisfied mm-hmm. with the sound they're producing. <laughs> as, a, as a professional, you have a standard and you want them to meet that. And I, we talked about ego earlier and of course there is aspect that, that comes in right. To
0: now what about
1: what about yeah. parent? What if it's the parents who oh. come and they feel that the child is further along than uh-huh. we discover they are? <laughs> yeah, that, that comes up a lot as well. I think, again, um, I have a, I, I talk a, I have a thorough screening process. I ask, actually spend an hour to an hour and a half. Can with, you tell us about your screening? Um, for example, I'll just use a few examples. Yeah. What was their phone manner like? Do they have an attitude of entitlement? Were they patient? Was there language barriers? That's just an example. So that's just me
0: calling you on the phone. That's just even
1: just the phone call or the email, for example. Like you can pick up so much before you even give the opportunity to Mm. meet them in person. You got to, you know, um, this all can apply to any students, by the way. It's not just transfer students, it's any. um, Right. So that initial contact.
0: Uh, so when someone contacts you mm-hmm. and you know whether let's say they email you and they're interested in lessons So how do you start the The, the, the procedure fraud. so just generally you don't
1: have to go into specific right. details. Uh, well, I uh, for, First of all a topic that comes up a lot in the workshop is how to avoid a premature commitment. So oh, <laughs> I like that. That's okay. big because so I'm going again, again off on a little tangent here but great. The, one of the biggest issues as piano teachers is we Commit, we, there's a lot of belly aching and complaining that mm-hmm. goes on the piano teacher in any, any I'll, I'll private music teachers. teaching <laughs> world. I'll try to keep it open there. Um, the problem is we are committed people. We're mm. loyal. We fall in love with the child. We, and oh. we, it's so much like a love relationship. Getting out is so much harder than getting into a relationship. So we have to be so careful that we don't get in before we've done this thorough you know mm. I've
0: actually never thought of it like that but you're right yeah. we we have very intimate relationships Absolutely. with our students and we do you're right teachers are really committed and really loyal and we want to see our students mm-hmm. succeed and then but sometimes there's there's outlying factors that aren't going to allow the student to succeed exactly. maybe it's the parent Maybe maybe it's the previous experience with another Mm. teacher. Maybe it's uh, you know whatever reasons. So Mm -hmm. you're right. Before the the best time to fire a student is before you even hire them, so that you don't have that. You have to have that uncomfortable conversation we just did a podcast on firing students exactly. so
1: it's an awful yes. situation to yeah. be in so you don't want to get yourself in there before you know it's a good decision right so your screening your so,
0: screening has to be really
1: thorough for you and right. for
0: the family
1: and and you don't want i i have like some sneaky little things i offer at the workshop where you don't you actually don't want to make uh, give the impression you have availability actually you want no. to say I I'm not sure yet if I have openings so we can get that's to, easier than saying I don't know if I'm going exactly, to want to work exactly. with exactly <laughs> so I like that we can we can get together and see if we're a match and talk you know have this interview this is again after say we've gone through the pre-screening mm-hmm. which is like the email the phoning we've done mm-hmm. all you've gone through all these questions that I have so now you're gonna you decide you're going to potentially meet them but you're you know you're never sure until you of go course. through the full screening mm-hmm. so you don't ever say, oh, I have this opening this night of the week and never, ever do that before you've met someone mm-hmm. in person because there's there's energy, there's vibes you get off of, right. of. And again, I talk, I go in great depth of how I interview um, students and I really pay attention to, for example, how does a child respond to me? Um, are we, get, you know, is there any humor there? Is there a spark? Mm. And I often give the story of my student... Um, Probably shouldn't use her real name. Let's say Emily. Okay. <laughs> she um, she was like, I don't want to take piano anymore. You know, blah blah blah. And mm-hmm. she she was, you know, she had God lost really she lost right. her passion for music, and uh, she wasn't the one who wanted the lessons. It was the parents. So I said, well, can can you let's play something? Play something that we learned. And when she played, her whole heart and soul got into her playing, and so that was such a revelation right there. It's like there's something still alive in this child. She. And, and so I commented on that and I did take her and it was a, a success I mean it's just another story there but anyway but we did end up having a great relationship and uh, so that's why the in-person contact is so important mm-hmm. you can't decide over the phone no, or over. no way and you sometimes you get overbearing parents at the interview mm. you can see are they going to be Pushy, controlling are they going to be interfering with your lesson you can also kind of get a sense am I going to want them present in the lesson or not mm. <laughs> so there's so you're so not just screening
0: things. the child you're you're screening the family you're, Absolutely. you're getting to know them so I yeah. think that's that's a common issue now because a lot of people make their contact via email mm-hmm. and you know like you said you can read tone in an email but can you read tone in an email I mean we always yeah. read to the negative oh, okay so let's say you've screened a student mm-hmm. and you've you've taken the them on Mm -hmm. but you're discovering that you know there's some holes in their understanding or there's some issues Mm -hmm. um, that you you're sensing might be problematic how do you recommend that you know you address the
1: the challenges like you said you know you have to be careful one really strong suggestion that came from the research and from my own experience is that that this is a great tip is somehow putting them in a different book that without them realizing it's easier. So for example, even mm. I'll introduce, say they haven't really done much sight reading, mm. but I'll actually use sight reading as an opportunity to teach some polish and, mm. and and refining work because they can never do that at the level they're coming in with. So right. that's a common, say that's a common hole there, right. that students have never learned how to polish. Right. They've never learned how to turn something into a work of art. Right. So. Um, and there's no way you could do it with the pieces they're coming in with because they're way beyond their level to play oh, They can't I even see. get the basic rhythm or the technique gotcha. to get it down So if I want to start teaching them those skills, I'll somehow find a way So for example, here's another one a method book that has a three on it They think oh, I'm it's, in level I'm in three still in three. So that's a trick mm. <laughs> Psychological little trick. I'll give you a story um, and this is a Someone I'm still working with now, she came in. She had only done one exam in her life, grade one, which she didn't do very well at. Mm. She thought she was in grade six piano. And I I was successfully able to take her back to pre grade one. Mm. Now, that's, I guess, a success story. I mean, it is a success story, it's a sad story. And this is a bit of an exception because she was a little older child, she's like 12 or 13. There was no way you could totally pull the wool over this child's eyes. she Smart. started to you know she was she started realizing something went wrong in my in my past teaching <laughs> and you know so that was an interesting scenario did you
0: talk to her about mm-hmm. it did
1: I, you say look i tried i tried to say things like it's not your fault you know right so right. That they don't because it's not their fault no no and you're dealing with i mean she is a whole scenario in herself and i will definitely talk about her much more in the workshop but She is someone who is so conscious and self-conscious at that age of her peers. She desperately wants to be at the grade that she thought she was at. So I had to have a talk with her in the interview, which was maybe a little different than some of the others, where I had to be much more direct. I'm like, I want you to play well, Mm -hmm. and I have some ways that I want to help you, but for a little while we are going to have to do some easier music. Are you okay with that?
0: Nice. You know, are just like, being
1: honest. I'm like, and that, it, so that was a case where I actually had to. Uh, there was no other way around it. There, when they're a certain age, you you just. But when they're how, younger, how, it's how did she? Re-
0: how was her reception? She's to that? been
1: exceptional in her attitude. Wow. You know, like really, we're doing her first exam together this uh, June, and it's grade three. Okay. <laughs> and we've been together two years now. Right. So and sadly, she's not really where I'd like her to be, but. Again, the motivation is there, the drive. Mm. And she's been such an interesting scenario because her she's in high school now and she wants to get that grade seven piano before she graduates from right. high school. So again, do I burst her bubble and her mm. goal and her dream? Or I it's it's again a very fine line. I try to tell her the reality. She wants to skip a grade. Oh, I hate that. I know, and I'm like, but I'm actually gonna go along with it because it's a dis, It's a tricky decision. In her case, she's in high school. I said, "You may not be happy with your mark," and I explain. I would like you to become good at your grade mm-hmm. three, your grade four. Mm-hmm. These are. I explain all that. She's just. And I have another student like just like her. No, I must. I must. I must. It's. It's really. It's an insecurity thing, mm-hmm. and and it's the age. It absolutely. They're just not old enough to, to understand, understand the long term consequences. So there, there
0: has to be compromise
1: yeah you, oh, ha- you have to every um, scenario will be different right <laughs> you know like so that's a case study you'd say that's a demographic right there mm-hmm. especially when they're already in grade five or six piano and you're like oh my like she like if i could list off well, all the same the things for voice she like right. she doesn't she couldn't read basic like right. i said so
0: the challenge with voice i think too is the fact that you know the instrument is growing mm. so you can't and a lot of a lot of students do they want to skip grades they want to sing these higher grades it's like your instrument isn't fully formed yet we need to maybe just enjoy this music Mm -hmm. and age appropriateness is always an issue for voice teachers you have the youngest students that want to sing the most mature pieces and it's it's frustrating but but you know it's interesting sometimes you have to give in you have to let them even just for an exercise let them be the 20 year
1: old that they want to be even though yeah. they're 8 I feel like this is about trust they mm. both of these girls that I'm thinking about I, I it's like I'm trying to build win their trust mm. it's like I really have your best interest in mine I really know what I'm talking about but they just For some reason, they're just not there yet. There's been more and more trust built over the time I've been with them. They're willing to do more and more of what I ask them, but they've they've got an agenda in their their mind. Sorry, one other thing I just wanted to add, that Mm -hmm. it's a really important point you said, how do you deal with these? Well, like I said, that's the whole workshop. That's a big topic. But another really important point I want to make is, we touched on it, having different tracks. So, for example, you allow them to keep going with the piece they came in, with the level they Mm. came in for a while, Okay. that keeps the morale mm-hmm. and you and you, add, and you inject inject mm-hmm. slowly without them knowing and you take away that wow. and they, then you suddenly they don't even know what happened
0: so you have a really interesting quote mm-hmm. from your research yeah. that you're going to share with everybody so so sure, tell sure. tell us all about that
1: so this this quote just basically gives the it really helps us understand how long this problem and dilemma for music teachers has existed and this man was Felix Lacoupe and he's from ni- 1888. 1888. So he's been around a bit. Yeah. He, he <laughs> had his, he, and, 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 I mean, I'm sure back then they weren't as tactful and nice as we are, or politically correct for that matter. They were that probably a little more p- to the point. So this is why his language, I think, is quite amusing. He's So I wrote, wrote here, French pedagogue Félix Lucoupy wrote eloquently in 1888 about the dilemma of the transfer student. He describes the young virtuoso poop, Pupil who comes with quote shocking faults and quote vicious habits and has completely a completely inaccurate perception of his own play. Describing this dilemma, he asserts there is no more difficult, no more dangerous situation for a teacher. A bad course has been followed. Every step must be retraced. All has to be done over from the very foundation. Wow, that reminds me of what I was sharing with you earlier Mm -hmm. with my student. LeCoupie suggests going about making the corrections in a most subtle way, initiating him by degrees, to the beauties of which he has no suspicion. And then there's more there, but yeah, that's pretty well summarized. So <laughs> the, the
0: challenge of working with transfer students has been, it, it, since the beginning of time, yes. is an issue yes. when we have to correct mistakes
1: and go oh. back to the very beginning. Yeah, and it's hard. It's very, it's very, it's a painful topic in some ways. It's hard for the child, you know, like it's for, hard for the parents and for the parents to realize the money they put in. And
0: yeah, I think that that was something that my mm-hmm. husband experienced. He's a guitar and mandolin teacher, and he's mm-hmm. been teaching for twenty eight years. But he often gets same same story. It doesn't matter what no. instrument you play, he gets students coming to him that they don't even know how to hold the pick right back to the beginning and how many years did and how change? many yeah. you know and then when you say something like well oh, we've had you know we had to make some corrections and then the parents are defensive the student is defensive oh, defensiveness
1: that's a good point and yeah.
0: and you know and you're and then again you said about the relationship you're trying to build trust mm-hmm. and then it's like well are you sure mm-hmm. you know there's nothing i find that as a teacher really frustrating when i'm questioned it's like oh, yes you're eight I'm pretty sure I know what I'm talking I about. Know. But again, it's that it's that new relationship and trust. There's so many things
1: that Well, I was gonna add too, during the interview, it's not just about finding about them finding out about them. It's I I, I basically I think I I forget how I phrased it, but the idea is that you sell yourself to them during the interview. You this is the moment where you You let them know your qualifications your successes Mm. and you come across with full confidence that you do know what you're doing right so it's like you have to win them from Mm -hmm. that moment on
0: well it's not just you're not just screening them it's a job interview for us Mm -hmm. right so this is this is what I do and Mm -hmm. this is how I do my you know my this is how my business runs this is how my my philosophy So, when you, when you talk to someone, you, do you tell them your philosophy of
1: how Absolutely. you.? Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the, the second part of the interview is actually uh, I give 45 minute lessons. I don't do half an yeah, hour. Yeah, I'm the That's same. same. Example, <laughs> right? And I explain my philosophy b- behind that. Um, example, no rush. I do not rush, I mm. tell them there's no, you are not to expect, I'm going to put your student in an exam, your child in an exam in the first year, mm. that's an example, and I explain I want them to play well at their grade, and I also have the credibility I'm an examiner. So, so I, can, I know what the expectations oh, that's are. That's big. So I'll say, I hear grade ones all the time, who are not really in grade one, and I can predict the future, they will not be in piano very long, so I explain that's to wonderful. their parents, we have a long term vision. I want you're going I want them to love how they sound. For and you love to music, love how they sound yeah. whatever level they're at. That's what my values are and, and what I'm looking for. So that I explain all that in the interview and I have to find, are you on board with me? And if you're like if they're looking at you like, hmm skeptical. No, I really have this goal. They have to get grade seven by this age or mm-hmm. you know, you find out what agendas that's all part of the interviews. Like, what are your expectations? Let's be clear right up front. Let's put it on the table. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, what are you looking for? Who this is? Who I am? Take it or leave it. Basically. Now,
0: if you have that parent that says, "No, nope, I want them to be done their grade eight by this time," da 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 da, you know, it's not going to work out. Can I ask how you handle it? Sure. Um,
1: I always say, I say. I think I validate their request. That's mm-hmm. really important. So I can appreciate that this is what your hope is and your goal. And then again, I reiterate my priority is that they play well. I, also, I often refer to marks because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's something tangible. Like mm-hmm. I say, my students get high 80s, 90s, you know, so that's what we're looking for. So that's, you know, that kind of, sorry, but it gets the ego going. It looks like, oh, I want my student to have a, course, a high right. mark, you know what I mean? Um, this is what I'll say. I'll do my best with the time we have right. and, and how much they, how much they um, put into this, it, right. that's all I, but I do not make any promises. I'm dealing with a student where I actually backtracked on my own policy. Oh. Where, uh, so when there was a case where I said in the interview, we will not do an exam in the first year okay. um, because, and I, oh there's tons of issues there, tons and tons mm-hmm. of issues. I could tell this student is very stubborn and Mm. determined and strong and she's again around 12 13 years old Mm -hmm. and she's very conscious of her peers she's super competitive so the end of this year came we only actually had bi-weekly lessons for most of the year and just started weekly because I just didn't have openings Uh, she shared the time with her brother and she's like I want to do my grade five in August I'm like I really don't think that's a good idea. I really, really don't. And here's why. And I've explained it to her mother and to her. Her mom is, ba- is saying, "Oh, I believe in you. You will work your magic." You well, that's
0: not fair. I know. And I said, that's "No." I said,
1: "I." And I said, "I can't do miracles." And I said, "As from my experience, I don't see this turning out well. I see she's going to end up more discouraged." But this student will not budge. This is a case where I'm actually going to allow her to learn. From mm-hmm. this experience okay. because the parents are willing to put the money in and back her up and the mom mom, the mom is listening to me she really is. she's respectful mm-hmm. she's hearing me I think she also feels this child has to learn a hard lesson probably there's so, nothing wrong with that. no and she might trust come back and well okay now I'm ready to hear what you have to say um, as a teacher Jen you know
0: yeah well and you know I think too I mean uh, personally mm-hmm. I don't believe that there it's a problem to learn from mistakes mm-hmm. I mean exactly. that's for some people they have to learn that way
1: I think in this case she's so strong-willed like she just that's there's the only way I she's cannot get the message. she can't see long-term vision at all it's just about grades. that's all that matters she's very academically oriented mm-hmm. and this is it and I, I really not anywhere near how I would go about teaching your, your daughter. Mm-hmm. I told a mom, oh, maybe that's a truth bomb. Well, <laughs> no, no, you're just being you know, honest. Yeah. This is not how I would like no, to do this. But when they reach a certain age, I'm much more flexible. If she was mm-hmm. younger, I would probably deal with it. And it depends on the personality. She, the, the son, she's the mom's allowing me to take more time because he's mm-hmm. younger. But I think we all sense that this girl wants it so badly. And you know what? I look at it as this... I kind of have her in my hands right now. I said I have seven lessons with you before your Oz exam. You you practice an hour a day and you do everything I say, and mm. we'll see if we can get you in the eighties. And that's that's a truth example. Mm, yeah. And, and I think because then will. you're putting
0: the onus on her. Yes.
1: This is your goal. Then yep. you have to put the work in. Effort equals results. Exactly. So I, I even texted the mom. I said I just want you to know your daughter. And I'm not mentioning names. Has taken full responsibility Grace. for this decision and her mark that will come from it. Because I do not want to be blamed for the mark. That's I coming. think putting <laughs> well, we're we're putting the responsibility on the student, and I think I there's think so. no in better way. In this case, way. she's she's an old enough child to to make a decision like this. Mm-hmm. I think it's like oh, I mean, if it were money, if money was tight, that might be different. But because they're, you know, exams have a cost, and that brings to mind another thought that I've in this workshop, and I thought over the years is, how much control do I really have? Over mm-hmm. my students. This is, and oh, when I was younger, I t- used to take all responsibility and ah. all blame. And as I got older, I got wiser and realized this is a triangle, parent, mm-hmm. student, teacher. If they're, if they're not holding up their part, there's mm-hmm. only so much I can do. And I, I bring in the serenity prayer because <laughs> if you know that God, grant me to accept the things I cannot change. Acceptance. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't change the fact that this child is where she's at and has this mindset. I can't mm-hmm. change that. You know things I can't change, courage to change the things I can. The wisdom, know the difference, right? Mm. So, there's parts of things I can do. I can say, Hey, okay, let's do it. Let's seven lessons. This is what we're going to do. I'll do my best, and then re- letting go of the rest the of the universe will take the rest yeah, of it. A lot of letting go, and I'm much better at that. I used to like stress out would feel so guilty. I'm like, Oh my, and my ego. Oh, the right. mark is gonna be on my record. Oh no. <laughs> Who cares? Who really right. cares? Well I think it's that's, a life lesson here, right? It <laughs> is a
0: life lesson. And and I think that goes for any voice teacher, whether it's not or any music teacher. Absolutely. So it applies to any music teacher, you know, whether it's an audition, whether it's an exam, whether mm-hmm. it's a performance. Yeah. They we have done the best that we can mm-hmm. with the time that we're given. Yep. And We have to let our students stumble and and get up and recover and some of them can't No,
1: it's
0: true some of them. That's you know, and path. it, it yeah. is their path, and mm-hmm. it's it's a life lesson. Maybe they don't learn that life lesson until they're in their fifties, and mm-hmm. they look back and go, "Wow, my music teacher really knew what she was talking about <laughs> back then." We'll be dead. I
1: know. We'll be dead, and we yeah. won't we
0: won't hear those words. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that that's something we have to. I, I I like that. You have to let
1: it go. Yeah, and and you've done let everything let within them your fail. Power. There was like there was a I think there was a something on Facebook recently about something like an article about the value of letting your children fail. Oh. Oh, Rather know. than protecting, they, they develop more empathy, apparently, mm. <laughs> So by experiencing mm. failure. So I feel like, okay, I feel peaceful about this decision. I actually feel like if I stopped her now, somehow, oh, instinctually, I feel like I'm, I'm not going to do her service. She needs, right. there's a lesson here that has to happen. And so... I have to sit back and smile and do my very best and nice not cry. <laughs> like, you know, you see a disaster coming yeah. and you want to control and, and stop somebody from yep. doing something that's going to hurt themselves. Yep. I mean, it happens all of life. We, we have loved ones everywhere in our lives that make choices that we can't control, right? So, If you had one thing to
0: say to a new teacher about this whole whole situation just one general piece of wisdom mm-hmm. for new teachers getting started <coughs> with with in, in any in any discipline. Mm-hmm. What would it be? <laughs> What's the biggest asset they you could have for
1: dealing with students coming from other teachers in your opinion? Well first of all I realize as a new teacher I've been there you can't be that picky. So I understand mm. that. And I but you can each year you can raise the bar and you can expect more and nice. and i would start thoroughly don't take just don't sub, don't succumb to desperation where you where you get sloppy and just take anybody with, without doing this thorough process you'll save yourself a lot of headaches if you do thoroughly interview and screen even though you, de- you at this moment you may have to take every single person who comes along mm-hmm. that's okay mm-hmm. you have a vision no this will get better but if you don't realize that and have that idea in your mind then you will actually end up staying in that place right right that's you, great advice. you really need to keep having an idea where do you want to go it what's the ideal studio situation and move gradually towards mm. that that's a long <laughs> but
0: no that's wonderful information because I, I mean if, mm-hmm. when I look back on my first years of teaching they were miserable and mm-hmm. a lot of it had to do with where I was mm-hmm. teaching I mean I was yep. new and I didn't know what I was doing yeah. but I was really dedicated to being a, a good teacher I mm-hmm. wanted to be a good teacher I wanted yeah. to be a good educator but where I was teaching didn't allow me to do mm-hmm. any of that I couldn't yeah. I never I never <clears throat> I got a new student they just showed up so I love that advice now here's my other question Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) what one piece of advice would you give a teacher who has been teaching for years about the same
1: thing so you've got all this experience as a teacher well um, absolutely Uh, don't don't ever settle for where you're at continue to grow and expand there's so much to be learned and it like I said continue to raise the bar Mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. Continue to to expect more from yourself and more from your students. Mm -hmm. It never stops, Mm -hmm. right? So by the time you're 80 and you're still teaching, (laughs) you should be in bliss. (laughs) Because there's (gasps) no bad apples in the barrel. (laughs) Right. Because you screen them out. You have developed techniques how to get rid of the apples that (laughs) are serving (laughs) the community, you know? So I have work to go, I have, I have a ways to go, I've gotten mm-hmm. much, much better, you know, you mm-hmm. can ask my, people in my life from the past, I used to bellyache a lot, oh, this person is not listening to me, but, you know, like, it's never too late to start setting boundaries, that's the word that comes up mm-hmm. a lot in this workshop. Boundaries. So many piano teachers, or I'm going to say music teachers, I know, just, they they don't know, realize they have control, mm-hmm. like, we are, we are a rare commodity um, at music teachers. There's not that many people who can do what we can do. So we can expect a lot more from people. And I think we just kind of tend to be like, oh, this is as good as it gets. And I'm just going to complain. Mm. But I actually think it's never too late to revamp everything, get a good policy together and, and start letting them do their part. Like I said, in the past, it was all on me. Now right. expect more, you know, mm-hmm. and then have consequences if they don't. Right, which is tough for most of us. We're it so. It is nice. again, because again, <laughs> because we care about the, we the kids. We don't want to be the villain. It's so right? hard, but it all these skills can be learned and developed over time. Doesn't matter how long you've been teaching. Mm-hmm. It's all about psychology. It's all learning to do with people. It's lifelong skills. It's right. Nothing to, it's not just piano yes. Uh, music. Yes. Industry, right. <laughs> Uh, Jennifer Smeal, thank you so
0: much for your time today. I am really excited about seeing you in August at thank our you. workshop. Uh, we're going to put um, uh, your email information mm-hmm. and um, your overview on the website so that people can see what the workshop's about. Sure. And uh, thank you for your expertise and your time in thank this you. and having me in your lovely Aww, home. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, you and I will keep in touch because mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling you have more uh, really great uh, ideas on uh, teaching and pedagogy and, and working with, with with families and mm-hmm. students. So, you and I will keep in touch awesome. and I'll probably <laughs> come back to this beautiful house. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. That's exciting. I so, Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Thank, thank you. you.
1: You have been listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and free
0: teacher resources, please visit our website at www.thefullvoice.com. Canoemusic.ca